0: So I think the better question is, do I fight? Do I release? Do I contend? Do I stand forward? Do you see how that's raising the self-awareness raising attentionality, raising the conversation with your spirit and with God's spirit? And do you see how we start shaming ourselves and pushing ourselves and saying, I've got to contend or fight for something. And I go, Nope. I think as I invite in love, now the bigger question I'm starting to ask with me and the Trinity, you know, God, the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son, the Holy Spirit, is, well, what do I need today? And as I am listening to myself and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit that I believe lives within me, I am listening to a conversation that says, it's about love, it's about self-love. And so now I go, well, how do I love myself today?
1: Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith & Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're gonna meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling at all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. If you lack clarity, you lack confidence. If you lack confidence, you lack courage. If you lack courage, clarity doesn't really matter. That is why getting all three right is fundamental in leadership and life. My guest, Dr. Heather Penny, a leadership coach, host of the Life You're Made For podcast and author of The Life You're Made For, Finding Clarity, Confidence, and Courage to be Fully Alive, serves leaders and teams to find clarity in their vision, develop confidence in their abilities, and take action. My conversation with Dr. Heather Penny quickly gets to the heart of the sticky matters of leadership and life and provides practical solutions you can use to navigate uncertainty, create self-awareness, and approach resilience in a revolutionary way. Listen until the end when Dr. Penny does an impromptu coaching session with me to break through a sticky personal situation with the three C's of clarity, confidence, and courage. Now let's maximize your potential in leadership and life so you can walk in the assurance of where God has called you. Hey, Heather, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast.
0: Oh, it's so good to be here, Erica. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's wonderful to have you on the show. Today, we're going to discuss some sticky aspects of leadership and the workplace. And if these are not understood well, these aspects can really cause a lack in clarity, confidence, and courage. So we are going to address them and walk through them so then we can walk in insurance that God has us in the right place at the right time.
0: Oh, yeah. Way to go. Let's jump in. I can't wait. And I love (laughs) that you already said my three Cs. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, yes, love it, love it because that's all you. the three season. We'll get into that. But before we do that, can you give us just a brief, like maybe one minute snapshot on who Dr. Heather Penny is?
0: Sure. So I started out as a teacher and educator, worked with little third graders, moved on up, started working at the university level, got my master's in leadership in there. I got two kids and uh, been married for thirty years. You know, the side the side hustle too of just uh, personal life stuff too, right? And then I went back to school because I started seeing so much, so many issues around anxiety, depression, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I went back and got my PhD in that. It really focuses on how we spiral up, particularly in career self-efficacy and also in emotional well-being. So I wanted to study that. And then that's what led me actually into coaching people, which created this coaching company and fast forward 15 years later that's what I do. I fly around the world and I work with individuals and groups and executives and private coaching, all sorts of coaching. I call it three C living and leading because as a leadership coach, I believe leadership starts from within and it's how we live our life that actually makes us the leader who we are want to be. So it's, it's the whole package. I'm holistic coach and I love going after the mind, body, heart, and spirit.
1: Mm, I love that, and sounds like such a fascinating career and just a blessed life that you have. So awesome!
0: Oh, it is. Thank you.
1: We live in a state of uncertainty. Obviously, I feel like that's been an overused term in the past yeah, few yeah. years with COVID, and just you know, now we're we're in um, just an economic situation that feels a little uncertain and a little unsettling what strategies can we use to develop confidence in ourselves and then also our our teams when we face uncertainty? Because I believe that uncertainty has actually always been there. There's nothing Mm -hmm. that's ever really stable or secure. There's always seasons of change. That's just life itself. But now I think it's very, very prevalent and kind of in our face. How do we navigate that uncertainty
0: as a leader and then within our team? Well, I think the first thing to really recognize is uncertainty is contagious. So, and we're not above it as leaders. So, I think as we see the uncertainty in our world, in our team, and in our groups, we have to pull the other way and offer a calmness. We have to offer that clarity, that confidence, and that courage. So, what that means is first really raising that self-awareness and raising the awareness of that contagious feel that uncertainty does. You know, it's reminds me of the uh that old time of uh, children's fable of the chicken little with the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Everyone's starting to scream, the sky is falling. I'm like, the sky's not falling. That's our job as leaders to say, the sky's not falling. Or if it is falling, we're going to get our clarity, confidence, courage around it to make sure that we're ready to prepare for whatever disasters come in our way or whatever uncertainty is coming our way. So I think the first thing is understanding that. The second thing really is You have to pull over as a leader. And I use the metaphor of driving your car, but you have to pull over your car and just take a beat because when you do that, your clarity increases and grows. And the research shows that our tendency, though, is when the uncertainty goes up, we strive harder, stay in motion more. The term I like to use is do less in order to do more.
1: Do less do more. I love that. I love that. Just in life and in all that we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say, have less, have more. Yeah. <laughs> in my there house you go. as well. I feel like there you go. I feel that that's a part of it too. Just mm-hmm. like this less is more factor in life mm-hmm. can really create that clarity and that confidence. So you mentioned Mm self-awareness. So self-awareness and emotional intelligence is really important in leadership, and I would say just in life in general. Walk us through really how you can create that self-awareness and that emotional intelligence for yourself, and then have that resonate throughout the whole team.
0: Well, I'm going to use a metaphor, or actually I'm going to use an allegory, (laughs) because we all learn better with stories and actually... This is my book bracelet. It's on Amazon, but I use this allegory of this little girl who loved playing on her tire swing and spending time under the stars. And it was her time under the stars that she got to hear her, the voice on the wind or remind herself of who she was and how she was created in this world. What happened? She was given a bracelet and she loved this bracelet and it helped her feel like grow her identity her sense of presence and self in this world. What happens though, as she grew, she got more and more bracelets And then the bracelets prevented her from going on the tire swings and under the stars. So it's a simple allegory that reminds us as we grow and as we start adulting, the bracelets on us grow and grow and grow. Many of us don't take the time to slow down and actually assess what's weighing us down and assess what bracelets they want to keep and what they want to take off. That's the clarity piece is being able to stop and rest. The tire swing really is a metaphor for Active rest, that's taking a hike, relaxing with a good book, sitting down and doing painting or whatever it is, gardening, whatever it is, is your tire swing of fulfillment. And then the time under the stars is a contemplative rest. I didn't realize I had to explain rest and I call it restorative rest. When I speak about this, particularly North America, there's still this pull of, oh, I'm getting eight hours of sleep or I'm getting seven hours of sleep. And I think, well, that's just the physical Rest. That's just what your body needs. You have the mind, the heart, and the spirit. So as we talk about raising self-awareness and addressing EQ, we have to start recognizing what our soul and our mind and our heart need in order to rest. And it's at the end of this allegory where the little girl realizes, and as she's moved into womanhood, she realizes, oh, the truest thing about me is my spirit. And we don't even have a lot of language around that in North America. We have a lot of language around depression, anxiety. What I wanted to do is shift the conversation of how do we cultivate a stronger sense of our spirit? We know what that means when we see a broken spirit in this world. I've worked with abused children. We see that broken spirit in our children. What I want to say is we have the capacity to address what we need in our spirit and in our mind and in our heart. And it's complex, but it's also simpler than you realize if you just start raising this awareness of, oh. I have to take care of all four components of myself as a human being. I am not just a body walking around this world.
1: What are some exercises, like actual tangible exercises, maybe just one, that someone can do to really establish that
0: self-awareness? I would say the first thing is to slow down and pause. Even if you could do five to ten minutes a day, that's what our research is showing us, neuroscientists are showing us that that's all we need to re-groove these paths, these neural pathways in our brain and reach for something that allows you to move into that space of growing your self-awareness, growing the presence if you want. I was just doing it this morning and I felt a little bit of the weariness of the Monday mornings, you know, when you're waking up and I felt like, ugh for some reason this morning was a little harder for me to get up and I was sitting down and I was looking over my clarity, my confidence, courage, and I'm also, my faith is important to me. So I was sitting there journaling and I was reading a piece of scripture and what it hit me was we have the choice to choose love. And I know that in my head, I know that, you know, the research shows us that the literature shows us that all of the great faith pieces of works show us that. But what does that really look like on a day-to-day basis? Well, it's actually making a conscious choice. So my clarity, and I do 3C journaling, my clarity is this, hey, what's going on in my life? I just kind of write it. And then my confidence is assessing those beliefs that I'm living with. And I'm realizing, oh, the true belief that I want to live with is I get to choose love. And then my courage piece is about taking action. And that's about sitting there going, okay, today I'm going to look for love and I'm going to embrace love and I'm going to partner with love. Because when I do that, that's where... God is, because God is love. This practice of learning how to have this clarity of where you're at in your life, slowing down, having the confidence to assess your true beliefs and your false beliefs, and then have your courage to create action steps. And you can do this in minutes. You can sit there if you want to take a good couple hours to do it. You know, wherever you're at in your space, in your life, you can do it without even sitting down and journaling. You can just do it in your head. But I think it begins this new way of thinking that makes you take ownership for your life and help you take it back and recognize where you're drifting into a space you don't want to drift whether out of weariness fatigue duty responsibility i mean we just were joking right before i came on the line we wear many hats as working mothers you know and i i just had my daughter home from college for a week my son the week before and i want to be fully present for that i'm married for 30 years i'm running this company i have a team of six people I could feel it coming at me today. And I realize I could give in to that and feel the weariness, the fatigue, or I can reach for something more. Taking that time and that space to really get my clarity and my confidence, and my courage just makes all the difference. And I it with all my executives and my leaders, whether you're faith-based or not is irrelevant. <laughs> the focus is how do you want to step into your life and own your own clarity and own your own confidence, own your own courage. Most people don't know that you can cultivate that. We kind of live in a victim state where we're trying to survive life day in and day out. And like I said, it's Monday morning and I could feel the survival starting to creep in with me and realizing, no, I am not a survivalist. I'm a thriver. I just feel a little off this morning. So what do I need to do? I reach for that process of I get to cultivate my clarity. I get to cultivate my confidence and I get to cultivate my courage.
1: It's so funny that you mentioned that because I was in the same boat as you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely felt the the Monday blues this morning for whatever yeah. reason. And so I, I did the same as you. I spent time with the Lord and just really prayed through it and had an encouraging word from a friend and just really got out of that funk, which was amazing. But it was me pausing and knowing yeah. like, Erica, don't jump in to this next task that you have, like really pause yeah. and take that five to 10 minutes and really sift through it and think through it. So then you can have that self-awareness. That's awesome. It's just a really good tool. I do love how you correlate it with that clarity and the confidence and the courage that really kind of buttons it up into a nice little package that is easy to just write down and think about. So I really appreciate those three C's.
0: Sure. Well, and as you were saying that too, Eric, it hit me I had an unusual morning where usually I'm starting around 8 a.m. my time, but you were my first thing on the docket and that's 10 a.m. And I thought, well, this is a treat. (laughs) I actually get to have time. What do we tend to do with that time? We fill it. Tasks, do more and everything to be able to have that self-control to say, I actually have time to sit down and journal. Sometimes I don't, you know, I'm like just running into my day and to be able to have that time. But it was so powerful too, as I thought, The clarity I got from that, and it's moving that into that courage action space is as I choose love, it's really critical to choose people who are also choosing love. So then I started praying over my first appointment, which was you today. And I was like, I don't know who Erica is, (laughs) but I'm excited about how do I get to partner with other people who are choosing love in this world? And love has so many faces, but it's this powerful presence where we're getting to say, I get to show up with my life and I'm. I'm rooting for other people to show up with their life. That is a loving act that we get to offer humanity.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you. And thank you for praying for me. Because, yeah, I had a tough morning. And I tell you, I was just praying for direction from the Lord. And my one friend reached out via LinkedIn with a message. And then, unbeknownst to me, you were praying for me. And so it's Mm -hmm. amazing how, you know, I can be sitting here questioning, not having the courage, not having, you know, just all these things we're talking about. And the Lord will prompt people to provide that for you. And so I just think that's
0: so beautiful. Yeah. Strangers. We don't even know each other.
1: We don't even know each other.
0: Yeah. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. So powerful. And to that point too, love is opposed. There's an opposition to love in this world. And that's what I think you and I were feeling this morning. And so I think contending for it, it doesn't mean I'm naturally feeling rainbows and unicorns <laughs> or all this energy, but it's like, I'm, I am fighting for And I use the word love today. I mean, I fight for other things, truth, honesty, integrity, whatever. But today it was like love was the word that I felt like I needed. And to be able to contend for that. And I think that's what I want our listeners to really hear. You don't just naturally feel it. It's something you have to live with intentionally. And sometimes you have to flat out fight for it. But there's this intentionality that you show up every day saying, what's my clarity? I don't feel love. I don't feel any of that. I want more of it. So I'm going to stay in this space and I'm going to start that dialogue with myself and with God. And I'm going to then now, and this is the faith piece that kicks in, I'm going to anticipate where that's going to come for me today. So now we're living very grounded and rooted in a connection with the vine in John 15, where Jesus Christ says, I am. I am the vine and you are the branch. We're simply just branches, Erica, where we're showing up.
1: Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> What's the why? Like you have to like fight for that clarity, like understanding it's a choice. Going back to what you said, the choice, and sorry, I paused there for a second because I was just soaking that in. For me, I feel like because of our so Instagram world or right in between, like right in your fingertips, like having access to everything, I forget that I have to fight for these feelings. I have to fight for the intentionality. I have to fight for this life that if I'm not feeling something, then it's off or I have something wrong with me or it's not the right path. I lose my clarity Mm -hmm. a lot of times because I have these feelings of insecurity or whatever it may be. And your comments help me recognize that, that's not the case. Like it's something that I have to fight for. Like I know the truth. I know what the Mm -hmm. truth is, but it's not going to come naturally to me because there's so Mm -hmm. many other things fighting for my attention. You know, the devil's fighting for my attention too and trying to get in there and get me off my course and that I have to be intentional about fighting for these things. Like you're fighting for love today. I have to be so intentional about fighting for my clarity, fighting for whatever Mm -hmm. it is that I'm battling in that moment and know that you know, we are in battles daily. We are in battles and that to just put on my armor and know that like nothing's wrong with me. It's like, this is just the state of the world that we're in. And I've got what
0: I need to fight that battle. Yeah. Because the shame creeps in the shame of you're not doing enough. You're not good enough. You're not, I don't know, connected to God enough, (laughs) whatever it is we tell ourselves. And I think, you know, I work in faith, circles and non-faith-based circles. I believe all truth is God's truth. God is love. So all love is generated from the God of the universe. So to me, it doesn't matter whether I use, I call myself bilingual. <laughs> I just go, okay, I'm in a corporate America setting here. It doesn't mean I leave God or check him at the door. It means I bring God with me at all, all spaces and time. I just change my language. That's why I was looking at this podcast and I go, oh, this is a faith one. Oh, great. I get to use all my God language because my faith is truly important to me and I want to reference scripture and I want to cite it and I want to say, this is how I live it out. But there's other spaces that don't have that worked out and I always want to respect that. And I want to still plant seeds with this awareness of, did you know that you get to choose love? And when I work with non-faith circles, there's this, what? What? We're not just a victim of life and circumstances. And I believe that is all truth is God's truth. And, you know, as we look at the truth will set us free, this awareness that we have to contend for a powerful life. We have to contend for what we want to live and what we're created to live and how we do that, whether it's in the faith-based circles or not faith-based circles, I still believe God is there. So we get to show up with that full weightiness in our presence. And that's why I love the passage of John 15. We're just a branch. That passage goes on to say, apart from him, we can do nothing. And I'm telling you, Eric, <laughs> that's like a relief for me. As somebody who's this major overachiever in life where I'm thinking, this is all on me. That's what I call a false belief. And so you don't even realize, and there's a chapter in my book called Mind Shatter, but you don't even realize the mind shatter that you're talking to yourself. And so as we talk about intentionality, pausing to really look within, that's our clarity piece. The confidence piece really starts assessing what's the false beliefs I want to reject. What's the true beliefs I want to grab onto. And then I like to, again, as a person of faith, I anchor them in scripture because it doesn't feel true. That's the thing where I think a lot of people of faith are like, yeah, but I don't feel all the warm fuzzies and the energy. And I'm like, you won't because... We have been given a free will and a free mind. And so sometimes we have to kind of lasso those thoughts, <laughs> pin them down, and then toss the other ones out. And then, of course, going to, over to science. And again, I love all the different forms of um, philosophies out there. But I look over at neuroscience, and it's telling us we actually can change the way we think by our thought-mind pattern. And we can actually change the neural pathways in our brain. Well, then I think of the passage in Romans where renew our mind, there's a renewal of our mind. And I'm thinking that takes intentionality. But I think even as people of faith, we have to recognize how we show up. We don't just go passive. We don't just completely say, well, there's nothing else for me to do. But saying that, I want to say, and it's not all on you. So the mistake we can make is take it to other extreme and say, oh, I've just got to be a better Christian. I got to be a better person of faith. And I want to say... Okay. Now we're getting a little crazy. Go back to the fact that you're just a branch and all you have to do is attach the vine. So really the better question, and this goes back to my book, I talk about asking good questions. The better question is saying, how do I attach the vine today? Not how do I get it right? Whenever I start saying, how do I get it right? Which I do, all my fingers are pointing back to me. I strive more. I push more. I give more. I I'm trying to validate myself and prove myself. But when I switch the question and say, wait a minute, how do I attach the vine? Because my power comes from the vine and I'm just a branch and apart from him, I can do nothing. Everything settles down. And again, I want to go back to this idea of it's contagious. Insecurity is contagious. Uncertainty is contagious. Fear is contagious. This was a huge epiphany for me when I was speaking several years ago in the room. And I'm a sensitive person and I could feel the fear in the room. And there's about 250 in there. And I'm like, I don't know what was going on. Sometimes I'm working at these conferences and They have them such fast paced. And by the time they get to me, they're totally stressed out and they're totally keyed up or whatever. And I felt myself getting fearful as well, getting insecure as well. And I'm realizing, wait a minute, I'm just picking up on this vibe in the room, but that's not who I am. That's not who I get to be as a branch. My power comes from the vine. So whatever's going on here, I reject that. And I'm going to stay connected to the branch. And I even literally in my talk said, and this happened to be a faith-based circle. So I got to say And by the way, folks, I'm not the vine. You actually all have your own vine. Saying that out loud broke that power of fear that was happening in the room where I could feel like, is she going to be our savior? And I was starting to feel like, I'm not your savior, or maybe I should be your savior. (laughs) Am I going to say something wise and powerful? What's that starting to do? It's starting to say, it's all on you, Heath. It's all on you. And to be able to stop and say, I don't know what's going on here. But I get to break the cycle of fear and uncertainty. And I get to point everybody back to the true power, which is not me. And I'm not going to let that be put on me. And I'm not going to feel that pressure. And I was feeling that pressure in the room. So I think learning how you have to stay intentional on a day-to-day basis gives people this powerful equipment of going, oh my goodness, I get to just show up and be aware of that. I go, yeah, (laughs) raise that self-awareness. Because once you're understanding what's going on inside internally with you, you're able to stay in that space of whatever it is, for whatever reason you're put there. You're put there for a reason and you want it to be the reason that's beyond yourself, not just you.
1: Yeah, we get so, I get so foggy headed, foggy minded if I focus on myself. And so
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's that release by asking yourself, how do I attach to the vine today? Instead of me waking up and thinking like, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do to benefit myself? Or even what am I going to do today to benefit others? That still puts the heaviness on you and it doesn't give it up to God. So by saying and asking, how do I attach to the vine today? That is just that one-to-one connection relationship with the Lord. And then he works through you in that instead of thinking like, how is he going to use me? I mean, I think it's good to have that mindset mm-hmm. of like, you know, the Lord can use me and Lord mm-hmm. use me today, but that totally eliminates you from the equation and just mm-hmm. allows God to have that one-to-one relationship.
0: Yeah. Then you serve as a a catalyst and really a strong connection. All my striving and my intentionality, my energy, and all that stuff that I love to have. And I'm, you know, God didn't make me as a mistake with everything that I love. It's just I want to focus it in the right place. So my zeroing in starts zeroing in on that attachment. What's clogging it? Is there envy there? Is there bitterness? Is there unforgiveness? Is there fear? I'm asking the Holy Spirit that so that my focus is completely on the, the attachment to the vine, not my attachment to my own self or my fear of failing other people, or my fear of disappointment, all these things that those of us who are any kind of recovering people pleasers like myself, (laughs) we can get so sucked into that. And then what we're really doing is, I just have this visual of the vines over here, but we're doing this about face and we're looking way over here, trying to like figure out how life works again on our own. And I think that's the ultimate sin. We talk about sin, it's trying to do life without God.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. So good. I'm writing that. I wrote that down in my journal and I'm going to write it on my wall. (laughs) I already have a place for it. Good. Looking at it right now. So
0: good. So good. Okay. Then I have to speak to that because you're right on Erica. When we write it down, first of all, and I'm going to go research geeky here on you, but when we write it down, the retention goes up almost 70%. The other thing too, is then we're able to visually look at it. It becomes an abstract concept in a very concrete world. So I tell people all the time, Write down your true belief on sticking on a post-it and stick it in front of you. And if you can spend at least a minute a day, up to one to five minutes a day focusing on that, and a lot of my leaders will have it pinged to their phone, whatever it is that you can do so that you can keep seeing that, it really will change the whole thought process for you.
1: Yeah. My coach has a letter that she's written to herself and she recorded it. And so every day when she's getting ready, she plays it. Mm. It's a future letter from a year from now of herself saying like what she wants to achieve, you know, how the person she wants to be and how like that's a constant reminder. And so I have it on my to-do list. It's been on my to-do list for a while with young Mm -hmm. kids. That list (laughs) stays long for a while. But to just make my desk just full of encouraging words and scriptures that will really just guide me as a person and just guide my day. So I remind myself when I'm in these situations without clarity and without courage that I can, and confidence that I can, you know, have that borrowed strength from all those messages. Yeah. And
0: that's the good news.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We've talked about having it be intentional in a battle. But often that can wear us down. I know I can you know, wake up on a Monday and be like, man, I'm just not ready to battle at it again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do we have – what does like resilience play in that? How do we actually create resilience within ourselves and adapt, I would say, in life and in leadership to be resilient to whatever battles come our way?
0: I think one of the things that I've had to do is kind of change my vernacular around it. I heard so much about battle, the fight and all of that. And I thought, I'm too tired. (laughs) Something about this doesn't feel right. And so what I began to realize, there's certainly there's a time to really battle and fight and contend. But the way that I'm wired and I'm giving myself that permission to hear from the Holy Spirit really is more about, What am I wanting to invite in? And I think once I started giving myself that permission, can you already hear the energy that can go up that says, oh, what do I have to fight for today? Well, now that was working against me and it was becoming a false belief. The reality was, and I want to go back and cite uh, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and I can continue with that Psalms in there. You know, King David's fighting for nothing. It's just this awareness. And ironically, it came from one of the strongest warriors of the Old Testament. But there's this awareness of release. So I think the better question is, do I fight? Do I release? Do I contend? Do I stand forward? Do you see how that's raising the self-awareness, raising the intentionality, raising the conversation with your spirit and with God's spirit? And remember that God gave us free will. God gave us a free mind to think. We don't want to go passive on it and just say, oh, I have to fight. And I want to push back on that and say, do we? Maybe. Maybe you have to fight today. But maybe you get to go lie down in green pastures. And I could feel that pull even this morning. And I realized, no, I'm not supposed to fight for anything today. I'm supposed to take some things off my calendar. I'm supposed to relax. I'm thinking about getting a massage this afternoon <laughs> I mean, because my spirit is weary. And do you see how we start shaming ourselves and pushing ourselves and saying, I've got to contend or fight for something? And I go, nope. I think as I invite in love, now the bigger question I'm starting to ask with me and the Trinity, you know, God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son, the Holy Spirit, is all four of us are working on me. <laughs> myself included, I excluded, I got to show up at the table. And so we're sitting there to have a itch- conversation about it. And I'm thinking, well, what do I need today? And as I'm listening to myself and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit that I believe lives within me, I am listening to a conversation that says, it's about love, it's about self-love. And so now I go, well, how do I love myself today? So as I'm listening to that, my questions and my discussions start shifting away from what do I have to fight for? No, I'm, I'm pretty tired today for whatever reason. Doesn't matter. Maybe it's the time change. I don't know. I've had both my college kids so I don't know. I don't even have to know. You know, what I think that's where I just release it all into the hands of the loving God and say, what do I need today? And I'm not hearing the sense of having to fight for anything. I'm hearing the sense of intentionality and I'm hearing the sense of choose love. And I'm like, wow, doesn't that feel nice? But do you see how it's still if we want to use the language of contending or standing for intentionality, we could still use that, but it's not this gearing up and white knuckling it through life because our only paradigm is the the spiritual battle that we're living in. And I want to say the spiritual battle that we're living in still gets to be about green pastures, still waters sitting down and feasting (laughs) in front of your enemies. You know, it's like there's still this awareness that as we dance with the Trinity, it's we get to do life with the Trinity. And certainly there's going to be times we have to battle and we have to throw down. But I don't know if it's as much as we think. And I think how we, quote, fight gets to be so beautifully what you need. And I believe that's why God gave us our own unique free will, because the God of the universe wants to partner with us. And what we need exactly on this Monday morning, when we woke up feeling like, I'm not sure I want to get out of bed today, you know, and it started there. And I could feel like myself going, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you. And I don't even know what I need. All I know is I need living water. And I just start saying what I need because I'm going back to that true belief that I have a shepherd who I have no want with. I have everything I need. We don't really believe that day to day. You know, one of my favorite talks I give on this is i like to give the Psalms 23 the opposite. There is no shepherd. There's dry, brittle grass. There's no water. The streams have gone dry. We literally will live that way and feel that way. And what I want to say is that's okay because our spirit is exhausted. So now what does restorative rest mean? That's what we're fighting for. That's the true gospel. That's the true good news that we're, we don't have to do this on our own. We are put in a human body where we are tired and fatigued. And as we look at the life of Jesus Christ and we believe in the teachings of Jesus Christ, he only served three and a half years. <laughs> what did he do for the first 30 years of his life? You know? And yet we live like we got to live like those three and a half years. I think those were the battle for his life for those three and a half years, which eventually led him to be tortured and crucified on the cross for us. But what did he do for the first 30 years? I think there's a lot of nurturing that was going on, a lot of streams and green pastures, still waters. He models it even through those three and a half years of ministries. He pulls back over and over. He's teaching his disciples, which he's also teaching us, what restorative rest means. You know, he was always disappearing. They're like, where'd Jesus go? <laughs> he fell asleep in the boat, or he went off on the other side of the lake, or he went off in the wilderness for 40 days. Like, where'd he go? Well, he knew what he needed to restore, his self, mind, body, heart, and spirit. I think as followers of Christ in the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ, we get to stop and really ask, what do I need? And that's where I would say, get your clarity from the vine, not from your tiredness or for your fatigue. The false belief is I got to push through and I got to do more. If that's our false belief, what are we going to do? We're going to say, I got to battle for this because it's probably spiritual battle. And I'm like, Maybe. And maybe, and there's some truth in there. You see how the truth is still laced in there, but the way we have to contend is probably so much more beautiful than what we actually think as human beings. Mm the surrender
1: breaking that cycle like you said breaking the cycle of psalm 23 that yeah. of the the opposite of psalm 23 knowing that because i when you're talking about them like yeah man i live in that state a lot where i forget psalm 23 and the beauty yeah. that was within those verses and i live a life opposite of that and i mm-hmm. view my battles as you know that dry ground at brittle ground when it really, you know, God wants us to surrender and live, you know, that green pasture life. And in order to do that is to not is to be resilient in a way that we don't view resilience as. And so I just think that's such a beautiful picture and a great reminder of what we need to do. And that was a great word that I needed with something I experienced this morning. I'm a people pleaser. As you mentioned, you are a recovering people pleaser as well. And I am. And there was a situation um, that I went through recently where I kind of had to stand up for myself. And I'm just getting a little pushback and a little attitude from individuals in my life. And I had Just a quick conversation with one of them today and it left me feeling depleted because I could tell that they were upset with me. And I kept telling myself, Erica, this doesn't have to ruin your day. This doesn't have to ruin your day. Like you have a choice to, you know, still like want to make things work out okay and have that relationship be okay, but you have the choice of determining like if you're gonna let their attitude towards you affect everything that you do today. And so you mentioning that is just a beautiful reminder for me that, you know, thankfully I'm recording a wonderful podcast for you. So my mind got off of it, Mm -hmm. but even a beautiful reminder, you know, of those days when I keep going back to that scenario in my head and getting down that, you know, it's a choice and I can surrender that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'll get really concrete for our listeners. I think this, if you could follow this, uh, you're talking about self-awareness, we need something daily to restore our soul. And it could be um, anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour, but daily. Most people don't live without awareness, but I'm going to give you four areas. We need something daily. We need something weekly. We need something monthly. We need something annually. And the, and the weekly is something more of like a full day or even a half day to just take it for you to go find your tire swing and star time. The um, monthly is like maybe an overnighter. You need something for you. I call them me retreats where you just take an overnighter or two, where you just, or, or even just a full day. It doesn't have to be an overnighter, but it's something that you're doing just for you. And then um, annually, it's it's several days that you need something for your soul. There's some areas I'm better at than others. The daily I've gotten down pretty well, mainly because of all the work I do, and I can't grow myself and my company and my success level without those dailies. The weekly I'm pretty good at too. The monthly, I'm okay at the annual. I'm not so good at. And if I didn't have a husband who's always saying, "When's the last time you had your me retreat or booking vacations for us," I would have a tendency to kind of keep that grind because I like that. It's almost an addiction, and I like that feel. So when you live with that, and I call it a thrive plan, when you when you live with that, and you kind of look at the year, you know, we're all talking about resolutions and everything else. I would look at it and say, start really looking at how you're living daily monthly, weekly, and annually. And it helps you start recognizing kind of a thrive plan to care for yourself holistically, mind, body, heart, and spirit.
1: I love that so, so much. And I had told my husband a couple of times that I just need like one day a month just to myself, Mm -hmm. which now I have more of the ability to do, but I keep telling, and he's open to it, but it's, like you said, on me to determine that. I just haven't, just to get away for a day and a night, do a hotel Mm -hmm. stay and just Mm -hmm. have some me time so I can rest and recharge and that will fill up my cup for, you know, another quarter or whatever it may be. So that was a great reminder, again, that I need to do that, more more
0: ammo for that, for sure. Well, and I want to highlight, too, that's where your clarity will go up. And then I also want to highlight everybody has the clarity and the discernment and the wisdom within us. We just don't pay attention to it. So even as you heard me say it, it's a form of affirmation that I knew I was onto something, you know, and that's where we look for confirmation and affirmation in this world. We're instinctively, we're hearing what we need to do, but we're, we're not acting on it. That's the courage piece. Courage requires action. So as you get your clarity and your confidence, courage is all about taking those action steps. So Erica, go book that retreat, go book that time away. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you. I will. I know. And you're so right about that. It's I think I was questioning, is this selfish? You know, is this selfish? My husband's not doing this, but I know I need it. Yeah. Like I just I know I need it. It's something that I personally God created me an individual to rest and recharge on my own. And I don't get a lot of that with two young kids. And you know, owning your business, it's hard to just mentally step away from that. And so getting out of my home, which is my, also my place of work, is just really helpful mm-hmm. to do that. And so it you did help give me the courage to and confidence to be like, OK, I'm not being selfish. This is something mm-hmm. that I actually need. And it's OK. Like, just just do it. And the more I do it, I think the more confidence I will get. And I'll be like, see you later.
0: <laughs> yep. OK, so I want to... I'm going to do a little mini coaching session here with you, like just for, give me one minute because I'm going to break it down for our listeners. Yeah. Um, Erica, your clarity was, I think I need time away. I'm feeling exhausted. Okay. So that's your clarity. Your confidence is about your beliefs. Your false belief you have to reject is this is selfish. As you reject that, you bring in a true belief that says, I'm a better wife, mother, businesswoman If I take time for me, whatever your true belief is that feels that way. Anchor into something like Psalms 23. I'm being led and guided. I get to find my still waters and green pastures. Then you're moving down into the courage, which is all about taking action. And so if I were coaching you, I would say, okay, what's your action steps? Okay, do it. Next week we'll talk and I want to hear how it went. So you're then moving into that action steps based on your true belief that comes from your confidence and based on your clarity. So I always encourage people, slow down, get your clarity first and your confidence first, and then your courage will come of where you know you need to take action steps.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. I'm doing it. I'm talking to my hubby tonight about it.
0: (laughs) Good. Email me, Erica, and tell me where you went. I'll I'll hold a gentle accountability here. I'm cheering you on.
1: (laughs) Yes, please do. Please do. Well, this has been such an enlightening conversation, just really fun to get to know you and connect with you and appreciate you sharing your knowledge. I would love to give you just a second here to let the listeners know where they can connect with you, find your book, um, listen to a podcast. You have
0: a podcast as well. So give us all those details. So uh, the best place to start is probably heatherpenny.com And I also have a weekly blog that tells you everything that's happening, where I'm speaking, where I'm teaching, where I'm coaching. I'm getting ready to drop uh, my fourth book. And I'm also getting ready to drop and publish um, an e-course that goes with my book and the coaching companion, which is kind of a workbook that goes with it. So it's, it feels like you have a coach in your own corner. So these are all things that are coming down the pipe just to help me be able to reach more people and to step into people's lives and let them feel like they're not alone, but they, they get their own coach and they get to do it and they get to do it with some great friends if they want to do it. So all these different places and things. And then I give a ton of free stuff on my website, my podcast, of course, and all that stuff. And I do a podcast that I drop twice a month.
1: Well, oh, thank you again. And before we go, I have a question that I ask all my guests, but I would love to know what brought you joy today.
0: I woke up at six o'clock getting ready to go for my trainer and do a uh, boxing. And I did not want to get out of bed. <clears throat> so there's a twofold joy process that happened for me. I got out of bed and I do it with my husband and I love my trainer. He's such a positive guy. I only work with positive people in my life and I only hire positive people and just a treat to start my Monday morning with. And then I'm doing boxing with them. So I think that just getting up, I'm proud of myself. So that kind of gave me joy. And then engaging with a really fun workout with boxing and with my husband, was just a fun way to start my morning. Because I got up early, I was able to sit out and actually relax a little bit more this morning and enjoy a latte and actually journal. And so It's exactly what I needed to fill up mind, body, heart, and spirit. So I think just that whole process of starting My Monday gave me joy.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a joyful morning. I love that (laughs) when you can move your body and connect with the Lord. That's like my favorite type of morning is, is doing those two things. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate you and you spending time with us today.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Erica. Take care, everyone
1: a clear, confident, courageous, and intentional life. There's so much to unpack in this episode. From viewing everything as a choice, to the three C's, to awareness and to resilience equaling surrender, by asking how do I attach to the vine today? Or what will I allow to get in? The mind is a beautiful thing, friend. And if we just take five to 10 minutes a day to focus and pause, we will find the clarity and confidence we need to move forward. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and Prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.